Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. Brought to you from on top of a roof today, isn't it, Michael? Apparently so, yeah. Yeah. With the new roofers, the new people who are working there, yeah? Yeah, where? Uh, West Yorkshire Electrical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> every time, Phil. Every time. Do you mend your own roofs, Michael? I've done bits and bobs, yeah. I can, you thought you might. I, can, yeah. um, I, can, I mean, it does leak a bit still, but you know. Any safety harnesses, equipment, or do you just get up there in the rain? Well, Were you the up way, there on Sunday night? The way I saw it, it was, there's like a, a single story extension. I was working above that, so I'd only fall like one floor. Okay. So I thought that was probably fine. That is not the way to do it, boys and girls. The way to do Your it... Your wife's going, higher, higher, <laughs> go, yeah, go up the main bit. And the reason we're mentioning it, West Yorkshire Electrical, uh, specialist in renewables, which mm-hmm. means they do solar panels, but because there's so much roof work involved, they have their own roofers now within the team. So they'll do the job properly. And they do roofing work as a result of that. Get it all done at once. Yeah. Don't get up there and do it yourself, like Michael. No. Uh, because it's the old, do it yourself, buy twice problem. That's not what they say, but Is yeah. it not? No. 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 Get the professionals in to do it. So we have West Yorkshire Electrical, fully accredited electrician who sponsor this show as well. Uh, wyelectrical.co.uk for details. But yeah, they've just um, they've uh, taken on a roofing team within the West Yorkshire Electrical team to take care of all the roofy stuff. So it's West Yorkshire Electrical and roofy stuff. And roof stuff. Yeah. Good good it's a good name change. Yeah. I, I don't think they've gone for the go full to name West, change. Go to WY Electrical and roof stuff. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Phil, save us. Let's make, this, uh, let's make this show more professional, please. And... Tell me how things sit for you. The view from the press box is what this is all about. We get the fans' view on the match ball and all the other nonsense that we put out. What's it like up there in the in the press box at the minute? How are the adductors getting on up there? Yeah, I was going to say off the off the back of the the, the Norwich game and a really good midweek win. We've got injuries to contend with now as we head into mm-hmm. an FA Cup game. We'll, we'll look at the Plymouth game as we uh, as we get into the second half of the show. I think. But uh, where are we from your perspective? There's not a lot of um, risk of adductors going in the press box. There's a lot of sitting around going on and coffee drinking. It's become the fashionable thing. Somebody actually tweeted me last night and said, I thought it was Abductor. You know what we were talking about the other day. And it tries to um, it tries to autocorrect on your phone when you're tweeting as well to make you look like a fairly serious criminal as opposed to a medical specialist. But somebody else is making the point that you always used to just talk about groin strains, but now it's um, it's all got very, very technical. And I suspect that's down to the fact that clubs used to you know, not not take a kind of um, light touch approach to injuries, but it's all much more serious now, isn't it? For example, like Ed, Eddie Nketiah is famous. Uh, he had what, what was his injury? It was a, it was an abdominal injury. A, an abdominal injury, mm-hmm. yeah. Below, yeah. very much the lower abdomen, the yeah. hanging the abdomen bits that hang below. <laughs> well, if I was um, dishing out injury news as a coach, I would certainly pick the moments to be broad and general or to be specific. And a doctor seems pretty specific to me. Um, it seems to be quite in fashion. 
know the way that um, it's not the fascia. Is it a groin strain then? Is that what it is? Uh, pretty much. It's, it's like the muscle down from your groin and your hip, isn't it? So something in that region. Yeah. yeah. It's a muscular strain, put it that way. So in the old days, you, when you were just applying a wet sponge, you could just be more broad and say it's groin. Whereas when you're doing medical stuff, you go, all right, that's an actual Yeah, it used to be. Bit. It used to be cold sponge or Ralgex on the groin. <laughs> now you go off for a scan. Have you ever and... got like Ralgex or deep heat on your balls or anything? No, I don't think on my balls, but I've had it in various other places. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if, you, oh, if you've had it on your hands and you then go for a wee, that do, is an absolute... Do oof. people still use Ralgex? It's very, it's very sort of... It feels like very 80s, 80s 90s yeah. product, that, wasn't it? It's but like, you couldn't, you it's, it's Ralgex is the same as like a deep heat sort of wintergreen type spray, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 you yeah. couldn't play any sort of amateur sport or could you without the dressing room smelling yeah, of that. Yeah, smelled of it, yeah. And then you'd go home smelling of that and people would moan that it was... Spray it on your you legs know, and like because it. it's, a, it's a cold February Sunday morning or whatever. Yeah, and, so it's infecting the, school, yeah. the lasagna at lunchtime. Cassie, <laughs> yeah. we often had lasagna in Pennycook Sunday um, lunchtime. But yeah, anyway. the advice is always, I mean, like, it's good advice advice for life, but if you've been handling, like, deep heat and stuff, always wash your hands. Yeah, yeah. Good seems, slide advice. Seems reasonable. That's yes. the end of the show. Wash your hands, kids. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Public service. So, Pascal Strike has one of these, has one of these muscles, but also one of these muscles injured. Um, so just the, just the one does, has he got? Has he gone for more than one, a doctor? We no, were discussing whether there were more than one in the human body. I think you have two, do you? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he has only injured one. Right. Um, I haven't asked him personally, but he has one. Um, get, your hands James, in there. get your hands in there, Phil, and check. With Raul Jakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dan James also has one. Dan James is going to miss the weekend's game. I think Dan James might have missed the weekend's game anyway, because you. this feels like one of those FA Cup ties where you would definitely, definitely make changes. We also have Archie Gray, um, who's going to be out for certainly this weekend. I would imagine um, they're just doing tests on his knee. I think Farker was saying afterwards, Gray was quite concerned when he first overstretched that he might have done ligaments, might have been an, an ACL problem. But they had a good look at him, first look at him last night, straight after the game. Didn't think that was a problem, didn't think that was what it was going to be, but still need to work out what uh, his timescale recovery period is is going to be. Uh, there was no willing on to either last night, hip flexor, has been bothering him, although Farker thought he would be back for the, the Plymouth Cup tie. So it's a sort of medium to, you know, medium length injury list. It's not too severe. And I think that was part of the reason why Leeds were quite happy to ram that game in the schedule last night. Good form, not a particularly long injury list. It's obviously worse as a result of the game, but prior to it, um, they had most people available. And given the result, calculated gamble, it's paid off. Good question there about that, actually. Do you think there was sort of a, talking about a calculated move, a calculated power move of sorts? getting that game played and obviously you need to win it and get the points on the board but suddenly it means that if Leeds do progress through to the next round of the FA Cup that we're not going to face rearranged fixtures further down the line when the pressure is even greater as we're getting towards the back end of the season does it make sense just from a housekeeping point of view to get a game like that done and out of the way? Well do you remember the Jesse Marsh podcast that we were chatting about where he was talking about the game in hand that Leeds had when he got sacked which had they won it and it was Manchester United away which they actually almost oh, made a good fist of, of winning under Skubala, that they would have been 13th. And actually, if you look at the table, that's absolutely right. They would have been, you add those three points up, it would have taken them up to, to 13th place. It wouldn't have put them miles clear of the bottom three, it has to be said, but there would have been a hell of a lot of teams below them in the table. Do you know what, Phil? If my lottery numbers had to come up at the weekend, I'd be a multimillionaire by now. So what I'm going to say you, is... You were going to say you wouldn't be effect, here, but you would be here because am, otherwise you'd be at home. Yeah. Effectively, I am a multimillionaire because I'm... You know, if had I chosen it right with my numbers, I would have that money would be in the bank. So, well, well, that's good to know. Well, next time Michael's roof's leaking, he doesn't need to go up there and <laughs> risk immediate uh, immediate death. But the thing about games in hand is that 
the true value of them is always really difficult to work out, isn't it? Because if you're a team that's in the habit of losing, games in hand don't tend to be that worth that much to you. And they're a bit of a comfort blanket until the point comes where you actually have to play them and then you lose and they, you get nothing from them and they make no difference. Which, in my opinion, is what made that so disingenuous as well. But it's, it's would be my point about it. And, and Simon Jordan, who is not, you know, does not suffer fools gladly, basically said afterwards, you know, that is just data talk. But in reality, you were a team who are losing a lot of games. Leeds this season are a team who win a lot of games. So when you're in form in particular and, and Leeds do have form with them at the moment, it seems like an advantage to play the matches when you can. And also stockpiling them becomes a bit of a hindrance because like you say if they do go through the fourth round of the FA Cup then you know they're, they're into into the fifth round there's the, the risk of a replay against Plymouth things can start to get built up fixture list can start to build up quite quite quickly I would love to know and he would never talk about this he would never admit to it but I'd love to know as well how much in Farker's head he was thinking about the possibility that win last night which Leeds did win at Bristol City in the next league game and they go into second place okay probably only for 15, 16 hours, whatever it is, until Ipswich and Southampton played later. But it would be the first time this season that Leeds have actually been second. And I think psychologically and also aesthetically, when you look at the table, it makes a difference. When it comes to talking about can Leeds get there, can Leeds um, hunt down the teams in front of them, it makes a difference when you see that they actually are there, as opposed to thinking to yourself, well, if the next four or five results go exactly as they need to do, then it might happen. You know, it's it's all bets off for them, isn't it? It undoubtedly cranks up the pressure, doesn't it, on Ipswich and Southampton who know they can't slip up. And to be fair to them, by and large, they haven't. I know Ipswich have had a wobble lately, but Southampton have been almost faultless because they're on a, a generational run of form, aren't they? Best ever in the club's history or something like that. But it just it's just a reminder that it has to be sustained over and over and over again, which is why I think people say it's sometimes easier to be chasing down than in the position but, itself. But why was the atmosphere as it was on Sunday before the Piro penalty, you know, going into injury time? Because people realised the same about Leeds, that it had to be win after win after win. There wasn't any breathing space that allowed you really to drop two points to, to Preston. So that became a really big result and a, a very big decision, right decision, but a huge goal to settle that. And, and that's how it is. But it does, I think, transfer the pressure slightly when teams who've had breathing space, and, and you have to say with Southampton, they haven't to this point. You know, they have been on the chase as well. But Ipswich in particular, there have been periods where they've had a pretty sizable chunky cushion there, which at an early stage of the season, you can never count on too much, but it does make it difficult for the teams behind you. And um, Suddenly it looks com- completely different. It looks at the moment like too close to call. If you were putting your money on who's going to finish second, you two will say, well, say you two. Daniel will say Leeds. Michael will probably say Ipswich. I've, no, I've, actually, I've actually just got the odds in front of me and Ipswich are now fourth favourites for promotion. Oh, so really? And I, can, I can understand there's, why. There's basically yeah. nothing nothing really to split us in Southampton. In decimal odds terms, they're 1.57, we're 1.62. Right. Which basically means you get, if you put a quid on, you're getting £1.57 back for Southampton, £1.62 for us. Yeah. So there's, yeah. Not, there's nothing in it at all. And, and so Leicester, fractionally. And Leicester, as you'd imagine, are there, more or less. There's part of you that's tempted to think that Ipswich are starting to feel the pace a little bit, that the pace is getting to them and that's showing in their results. There's another part of you that has to be fair and say that they've actually had a really hard run of fixtures from the game at Elland Road and, and the derby against Norwich onwards where they've had to play Leicester twice in that um, Sunderland at home as well. I think... This was probably always a period where they were going to drop points. Whether they'd have accepted or, or settled for dropping as many points as they have, I, I, I doubt that. But it's they're probably the ones at the moment where people will be asking, is stamina starting to go a little bit? Hard to say for sure, I think. But this will put more pressure on them. It, it's sort of had a bit of a 
a tortoise and a hare feeling this season, hasn't it? Are we the tortoise in this? In that we are, uh, this is the second week on the trot we've ended up talking about tortoises as well. Yes. Unprecedented stuff. Um, where we're kind of, it feels like after that initial one wobble in the early month, sorry, in the first month of the season, that we've maybe just been keeping our head down, staying on our course, had a little wobble ourselves over Christmas, but by and large, just been chipping away at that points total. And that's one of the things I kind of look at is that that gap has been far bigger to both Leicester and Ipswich. And obviously you've got to factor Southampton into this now. Earlier in the season, it's just gradually coming down and coming down. So despite the ebbs and flows of the season, we're just chipping away at it, chipping away at it, chipping away at it. And that makes me think that what Farker says is right. It's when you get into the final five, six games of the season that it's really, and it's an obvious thing to say because, you know, you get promoted at the end of the season, but that's the time to worry about exactly what the table looks like because of those ebbs and flows, but it's trending in the right direction. But you only worry about those games if you put yourself in a position to be able to worry about them, which is why the the season matters from start to finish. Um, Our data guys put together a nice graphic for the piece we've run this morning, which is showing the um, shift in league position for Leeds right the way through the season. And as is no surprise to anybody at the beginning, it looks quite average and it's, you know, it's dipping down into the the bottom of the half, uh, bottom half of the table. But for the past 20 games, it's been top six with I think only one exception. And for a long, long time now, it was top three. It was top three, third place, basically, um, for a long stretch and has been top four pretty much from kind of October time, middle of October onwards. It's been really, really consistent. And I don't know, like I, I don't look at this Leeds team and think that they're perfect Tactically, I don't think that there aren't things about them that could be honed differently. There are periods of the game, like the start of the second half last night, where you you remind yourself that Leeds can be vulnerable. You know, they're not not totally bulletproof. And, and we've seen that in various games, particularly away from home. But they have been very good this season. They're really... I, I was writing the piece saying they're just competitively sound. They've actually got at the moment... Can I can I go down the expected goals route? Because you'll get into the home and away table soon. Well, if surely. we start if we start um, throwing but, rotten veg at you in a yeah, minute, Phil, that, that's fine. If if I start talking about expected goals, you have permission to get into the home and away table. That seems fair. But they have the best expected goals for calculation. They've got the best expected goals against calculation as well in the entire division. That includes Leicester. And okay, they've played you know that additional game last night, but it's not as if an additional game swings that massively. They've just been exceptionally good at both ends of, of the pitch and whether the levels of flair are wild or whether the levels of flair are always there consistently for 90 minutes which they're definitely not you know the, the, there is this trend in, in in this Leeds team that sometimes and I think last night was an example they're not that brutally ruthless when they take the lead you know and, and it, it can put a game like last night's on edge but they are looking really impressive and have impo- uh, performed impressively and the thing the overriding feeling at the end of last night was that even though there was that very, very dodgy period in the second half. Norwich didn't really look like scoring during the second half, with the exception of that chance that Archie Gray swept up pretty brilliantly towards the end. That was fantastic. And uh, I, well, I said, it, was, said it on the match it ball. Was, it, we'll reiterate it again. That was a match-saving tackle and it was fantastic. Late in the game, at his age... Was, it, was it four on two at that point as well? It was like four, four it was, on two. It was something like that. They had completely lost the left side of the pitch and all it was needing from Norwich's point of view was a little step back inside and then bang into the bottom corner. And you'd think that a, a decent championship forward would stick that chance away. And the thing that I really liked about Gray, not just the stamina to get back, it was the fact that he stood up and he stood up and he took his time and he picked his moment rather than just diving in. As, um, as the dads always say to the lads, keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball and more often than not, stay on your feet as well there was that there was obviously the late scramble in the box when Rodon's header flew back at black, back towards the, the penalty spot but that was all just kind of desperate Hail Mary yeah. stuff Leeds had all the chances weirdly 
But that period of the game where they lost control was odd and better did, sides would have punished them for did that. Did we I lose think. control though or did we lose control of possession? Because we, we did give it back to them a couple of times uh, when yeah. there were sort of desperate clearances. But I remarked on the match ball and said, if you watched what we did, we kept falling back into shape really, really well and defended the sort of 10 or 20 yards just in front of our own box. And that's what I've noticed they tend to do is like the midfielders will not jump in aggressively to tackle. And if you know, it's when, when they did get in behind us and catch us on the break, it's when we got sucked into into their game. You know, when, when, Kamara, similar, Kamara did that yeah, a couple of times. Similar to what we do when we pop it into midfield and back against the defenders and we went chasing it and the crowd yeah. was kind of up and urging them to get on it. And that's when we got pulled out of position and they, they counted on us a couple of times. But by and large, for most of that period, if we lost possession or they recycled it and came across to the other side, we'd fall back into our structure. And we looked pretty sound, I thought, in, in that structure, albeit it wasn't a great deal of fun at the time. They controlled it. It was controlled in the sense that there were no chances for Norwich. So they weren't, they weren't losing their heads um, or losing the grip of the game round about their own box. But Farker said afterwards that it wasn't the intention to be playing that or, do, or playing like that or doing that. Norwich just got on top of them and McLean suddenly seemed to have a lot of space and time to use the ball. They weren't getting close enough to him. And, and I mean, he was a player that Farker would have taken in the summer if he could have got him. And you can see why. He's a really good, really good footballer. A couple of occasions where Kamara, like you say, when they got kind of got sucked back into something closer to the press as, as it usually is with Leeds. Kamara went for the ball alone, went too late. Um, Norwich were able to get get beyond him. But it still is a fact that there, weren't, there wasn't much in the way of goal threat from Norwich in that period. And actually the good chances fell to Leeds. You know, there's that one for Anthony um, that he just didn't get a hold of before McLean came sliding in. And there was that one for Bamford, which was just asking for him to hit, hit it with his right foot, really, rather than, than his left. If only he had one. He is very, very left-footed, isn't he? But again, good header, that in the first yeah, half. Yeah, it really good. was a good finish. Yeah. You know, and like we keep saying, the goals come in streaks and you would assume on the basis of you know prior career, the goals might well dry up again at some point because that's how it's how it's always been. But this little run's been dead valuable. And and also considering that at the point where he came into the team, they were under a little bit of pressure after the, the Preston and the West Brom games. Yeah, I don't know which... Um... Which veteran manager it said it might be one we don't like, so I don't want to quote them too too closely. But it's is it something along the lines of centre forwards score your goals, but centre backs win your titles? And um, the defensive solidity that we're displaying is remarkable. And we've we've waxed lyrical about Joe Roden on the on the weekly show this this week. And we've conceded the second fewest goals in the division at twenty six behind Leicester's twenty two, and we've scored the what, third highest by the looks of it by my calculation at fifty one. Southampton have got 53, Leicester have got 56. So we're about as near as damn it as you were saying about the Can XG. you break it down by home and away for me, please? Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> Do you want me to? I don't know. It's gone out of fashion. But actually, 32 goals scored at home, um, only conceded 11 away. Let's have a look. We are still fourth best for the away as well, 19 and 15. So it's a bit closer away from home. We don't quite score as many, but uh, yeah. R- Rodon, Rodon is critical to this, though. It's not him alone. You know, that's not the only reason that they are strong defensively and there's always a little bit like teams you top size in the Premier League that have really good defensive records there's, there's always a factor in this of Leeds having a much better squad than than various other squads in the championship but Rodon is is crucial and it strikes me that the one game where Farker had him available and chose not to use him was Southampton after the his red card against Hull when he came back from suspension and that really has been the one day where Leeds have looked pretty shambolic defensively. Rodon just does all the right things. Has enough pace, actually. There's one moment in particular in the first half last night where it just looked like somebody had the run on him. And he had enough pace and enough strength to get back, do what he does, clean up, sweep up, 
And it was and down over by, over by the west stand on that side, wasn't it? That's yeah. right. Yeah, and you just thought for a moment that he'd he'd, he'd lost track of of who he should be marking and that he was going to get done for pace. But it's kind of all there, and I think you know you, you could apply this to Farker as well. There will be the question if Leeds go up of how is Farker going to do in the Premier League? How is he going to prove himself? Because you can't pretend that in the spells with Norwich he did. You know, you, you can see from the results that it that it didn't work out. And Rodon doesn't have a track record at that level either. But I do feel more and more watching Rodon that he's starting to come into his own. And I think this season is doing his confidence and his his ability a, a lot of good. Seems to be bringing it, bringing it out of him. And, and you think that if there was a time for anybody to invest in him as a potential Premier League player, then you know, after Tottenham trying previously, then then this is it. They must have identified something in him to have signed Spurs, him in the first place. They yeah. do this. They did it with Jed Spence, they did it with um, Jack Clark, Jack Clark, didn't they? It's, they? They do seem to occasionally just go, who's done well in the Championship, we'll have them. Do we need them? Do we, do, does the manager want them? Never mind, get them anywhere. Do you know what's weird about Jack Clark though? And I'm sure we said this around about the Sunderland game when he played well, was that when he was sold, Leeds were delighted with the fee, absolutely delighted with the fee. Not because they didn't rate him, but they just, weren't sure that he was going to train on and they they didn't think he was at the point at that stage where he was necessarily really worth that. If you sold him now, you'd easily make a profit mm. on that 9.4 million. No problem at all. And the same with Spence. I mean, there's obviously things about Spence that, that make him difficult. He's a really good footballer. Mm. So I don't think, even with Rodon, I don't think, I don't think Spurs are dreadfully bad at identifying players who have talent. It's just what then happens with them. You don't see Rodon getting a look in there and because Tottenham would have taken a permanent fee from him in the summer, you know that he's for sale and, and not in the picture. Clark has gone, obviously gone up to Sunderland Spence. You just don't see it working out for him at Spurs either. So it's the development pathway in a way that I suppose you could apply that to certain players at Leeds, couldn't you? Like Gil Hart and others, you know, there don't, was this plan, but mm-hmm. has it worked? I don't know if it's an age thing, but with Jed Spence, I kind of want to sit him down and say, God, please don't waste this. You don't realise how good an opportunity you've got. You, you've got everything in front of you now. You know, because I get the feeling that he'll he'll get to thirty five when it's you know if his career's probably over by that point or whatever, and he's I don't know if he's sat, sat on his cash or whether it's it's drifted away for him or whatever it might be, and just say, look, you had you had this opportunity to go really far, but anyway, yeah, not my, not my not, problem. Not, is not, it? not everybody, not everybody's that bothered. Not everybody wants football to be everything for them. Pays a lot of money, but you know, I, I've I've never had a problem with footballers who don't. You know, like David Batty, who just don't like football or don't aren't really that into football provided what you're getting from them in return for the money i.e. the performances are really really good and that was the thing about Batty he can go away and say absolutely no interest in football and, you know fine you yeah, have, have to be interested in say, it yeah, but there's that sort of uh, that label gets applied to football as about attitude problem it could just be a lack of focus couldn't it because who had total focus on their life at 23 years old I don't know did you yeah, I know I know so maybe just happy with his lot you know happy with how it's panned out to this point yeah yeah Fair enough. What, what can you say? <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd quite happily accept Jeff Spencer's wages. What, what, you? what I think you can't expect as a player is that if you have issues like Spencer's had that have caused Farker to send him back and leads to cut short that loan, you can't demand or expect that people tolerate that. You know, people will take a view on it. So you have to accept that that's how, how it will be and that is how it's worked out at Leeds. But for an individual player, how they, they go about it is entirely up to them. I think one thing you can say on Rodon, for a loan player in particular, he is completely involved in this isn't it because yeah. occasionally loan players can look a little bit on the fringes both in terms of selection and then when you see them you may be like oh I'm not sure if the they kind of know this is uh, for the next six months only or whatever but Rodon it looks like he's he's Ben White he's come with a permanent deal at the end isn't he I was going to say without the permanent tan um, <laughs> but yeah he, he looks like he's come here to get us up and actually desperately wants to 
But it but it surely helps as well that he's got Ampadu there. He's got Dan James there. They will be pretty tight from the, the Welsh setup. And I think there has been and I've thought this really from the end of the transfer window onwards, that there's been quite a bit of intelligence with the way this squad's been put together. Yeah. You know, the the balance of it. They've got pretty much what they need in, in most positions, with a few exceptions which you're gonna highlight shortly. But I think it's easier for somebody like Rodon to come to Leeds with Ampadu with a good squad, a club that are going well and settle and find his feet than it is to just pitch into somewhere random and suddenly try to look good. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. With reference to the Welsh, sorry for this, but have we got any transfer leaks? I, th- I thought that was going to be on the basis that Leeds are getting linked with purely Welsh players. <laughs> well, my, way, my way into it was going to be, I was going to say, with reference to Jed Spence and the fact that we don't have any right-backs because Ailing's gone, but that wasn't as good as making a really, really crap pun mm, based on yeah. leaks. Yeah. yeah, someone asked me the other day, are there enough Welsh players of you know championship stroke Premier League standard for Leeds to fill a full team with them? Which is a fair point. Mm. Um, but there are some out there um, who, who Leeds have looked at. Um, what's the date today? 20, 25th? It's the 25th today. 25th, this will come out 27th. on the 26th, okay, so yes. You always risk at this point that stuff gets superseded. Um, you will have seen the links to Ben Godfrey this week. There is interest there. seems to be interest from a lot of clubs in him as well. The the thing that Farker was hinting at before the, the Norwich game, we saw him at the press conference, and he didn't say this in as many words, but he, he was kind of given the impression that he was hoping Stroy would be back quite soon, but he wasn't totally certain. And it almost made you think that the injury that Strike's got is potentially not a massive problem and could heal up, but could potentially drag on a little bit. And I think they are mindful of that, which is why, partly why they've been looking at, at centre-backs. We mentioned Ben Davies at Spurs, although I really didn't ever expect that one to, to get going. But obviously there's the Creswell situation on top of that, which you would think is going to have to get addressed properly in the next few days. Otherwise, they're, they're going to get into a scenario where he can't move he isn't playing, he isn't getting picked. I don't really see who that benefits at all, although it's clearly Farker's prerogative to make that decision. Mm. Ended up a bit of a mess, that one, hasn't it, unnecessarily? It has, weirdly, yeah. It's not that it's been a surprise at all to see that Creswell wanted to go out and play. 
because he was at Millwall there for a full season. He is very dead set on getting minutes. And, and I think just to be fair to him, very dead set on just keeping developing by making sure that, that he is kicking a ball. But it has become problematic and awkward that. Because um, it's a balls out move going public on it, isn't it, Phil? Like these things by happen. Who, by who? By, well, the club. If the club goes public on a player not having their head in the game, it's a bit of a, it, it crosses a threshold, doesn't it? Because obviously there's internal strife all the time because we're dealing with human beings. Players will moan about not being in a team, will want to be in it. They'll go see the manager. Why are you not picking me, boss? Whatever it might be. So for whatever Cresswell to have done or said that's caused Farker to go public on his dissatisfaction and lack of focus, it felt, I mean, I described it in one of the other shows this week, is it's got the potential to come across as a bit burning of bridges, doesn't it? But here's, here's the problem. Once Creswell hasn't shown up in the squad for several weeks, how do you deal with that, that question? In the same way as when Pablo yeah, Hernandez didn't show up at Palace. But you can straight back, Phil. You can turn around and you can say, he's, you know, he's, he's always in my plans. We've obviously got a limited number of places on the bench. I want it to pick a more attacking bench. You know, hopefully he's... He's still in my plans. He's in my thinking. Hopefully he can play his way back, way back into form. A, a slight groin strain off sickness is the other a, thing a doc, people say doctor, week on week. Yeah, he's it's, it's pulled as a doctor. Yeah, um, but you're a hostage to fortune there, aren't you? Because if you suddenly run short of centre-backs, or if you're away at Peterborough, where he isn't involved at all, there's no credibility in that, is there? And as, you, as a manager, you're perfectly entitled to stick to that line and to stick to your guns and let you say straight bat it. But people don't buy it. So when... We were, when Leeds went down to Palace and Hernandez was left out after the, the Leicester game where he threw away his armband and kicked that ball and Bielsa was saying to us he wasn't here because Jack Jenkins was the right player to pick there was no way any of us were sitting saying yeah tactically I totally get that yeah yeah, no that makes absolute sense and Bielsa would not go into that and he wouldn't say any more but it creates as much of a story really as just saying I was not happy with him and you know we, we need to, to sort this out and I think I think that became the issue with Creswell after Peterborough was everybody was sitting thinking to themselves, well, if he's not involved at Peterborough when you're making changes and you're playing Ampadu at centre-back, then when is he going to play? And more to the point, why isn't he travelled? Why isn't he involved? And I think Farker realised himself that there comes a point where you have to be fairly straight about it. I think perhaps as well, from Farker's perspective, he maybe just wanted to say to Creswell, listen, this isn't a great situation and I would prefer it to be sorted out. So I'm just going to put cards on the table and I'm going to say to people, this is how it is. Essentially, you know? it's, it's a reminder of the power structure though, isn't it, really? I mean, I'll, I'll give you another example, right? We were on the Athletic Podcast earlier, we were talking about Calvin Phillips um, going to West Ham and Sam Lee, a Man City reporter, was asked about Guardiola doing something pretty rare, which is basically saying, Phillips is overweight. That's why we're not using him. That's qu- that is quite a... Um, quite an incendiary thing to say about if, even if it's true you know coaches and managers be really careful before they say that sort of thing and Guardiola doesn't do that stuff without a bit of calculation so he must have decided I'm just you know I'm just going to say this because I'm not happy about it and you remember when Phillips came back from the Euros um, when he was at Leeds he wasn't perfectly in shape he, he was he wasn't overweight but he was beyond the weight targets that Leeds had which were really really strict there's no pretending otherwise and it was daily weigh-ins as well wasn't it it was tough yeah, yeah. so he came out of the team. And again, you were looking at the team and saying, but Phillips surely has to play in that. If you've got Phillips, why is he not Why is he not involved? And it's a reminder, I guess, then, that the team and the club overall is the thing that is of paramount importance. It, it definitely is. If you step outside the boundaries of the rules that we set, then you will pay the price by being removed from that. But it, it's also a reminder that if at some point you don't address these things when they become almost impossible to ignore... 
it does create frustration and people do get, you know, if because Farker has said, I'm not happy with this focus and Creswell might have a totally different view on this. You know, if Creswell spoke, was to speak about it, he might dispute some of this, he might agree with it, he, you know, he, he would give his take on it. But if Farker says, I'm not happy with his focus, therefore he's not involved, the support can't really argue with that, can they? Because you either back a manager's right to take a view on that sort of stuff or you're saying that players run the show and players make, make the decisions or some players are too good or too valuable or too big or whatever else. Hence the draw. reason why they couldn't sell Willie Nonto in the summer because he's demanded to be sold. If he gets sold, then it sends a message to everybody else. Yeah. It? yeah, but what had to happen with that was that it had to get resolved. Otherwise, you were going to have this player who wants to be at the Euros with Italy and is actually a very good footballer doing nothing because he's ostracised from the squad or you get him back in the mix because he isn't he isn't going to get a move elsewhere. And it looks now like there's a very strong chance that he's going to extend his deal at Leeds, which Leeds would really like him to do. I think I said on the last podcast, I don't necessarily see a better move out out there for him than getting promoted with Leeds back into the Premier League. It seems like the kind of best of best of both worlds. But yeah, these situations are are tricky. And I think I did understand why in the end Farker had his say on it, because it was there was no way he could keep, carry on just sitting there saying, yeah, he's really important, this, that and the other. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a case of who I need in the squad at any one time, particularly when you had a game like Peterborough where all things being equal, he would surely have had some minutes. Does Creswell get a second chance then? Because he gave Nonto one and there's a cup game coming up and we've got a shortage of centre-backs and both Rodan and, Am- and Ampadu could probably do the rest. Well, we will absolutely ask about this tomorrow. Ampadu's and, not getting a rest, is he? No. <laughs> <laughs> but the year's like... 2074 and Abidu still still travelling to Plymouth we'll ask about this tomorrow I think in terms of the cup game definitely but also with the deadline coming round how is this going to fall how is this going to unravel itself and I suppose when it comes to Farker what does he see happening if Creswell is still here beyond the deadline Um, you would think that Creswell would have it in his head if he isn't going that he you know he needs to find a way back into this otherwise what's the point you know what, what good are the next three or four months but in terms of a, a second chance yeah I think I don't I don't think that would be in question but there's going to have to be some there's going to have to be some diplomacy with that I think Have you ever shown up for work overweight or unfocused? <laughs> Not once <laughs> Every what you, time What do you mean ever? Yeah <laughs> um, Anything in these links to the Liverpool lads? Um, if we go across Stanley Park from Ben Godfrey at Everton to uh, some of the younger lads they're getting linked with us, aren't they? Godfrey, yes. Um, you'll have seen Calvin Ramsey linked at Liverpool. He's been on Leeds radar for a long time and actually going back to previous regime. Um, he was one of the players that Orta scouted when he was up at Aberdeen. Um, and Leeds were pretty close to getting him, actually. They would have been an academy signing, I think, more than anything, 21 signing initially. But it was certainly on that kind of borderline of pushing through but and we've got who is it as well sorry to interject I was going to say is it um, Jordan Miles is his name who's coming in from Aberdeen uh, from Aberdeen yeah was at West Ham he'll um, he'll join the recruitment team I think under Greta Steinson uh, once the window closes so early February or March it'll be it'll be pretty quick um, he should be in for for the summer window but that um, just made me think of the link to Aberdeen and possibly the fact that we've been there certainly is that yeah. but I mean Leeds know about Ramsey inside out he was at Preston didn't get much in the way of games at Preston so was recalled and I mean like with Carvalho going to Hull um, I think with these players Liverpool are very very set on them going to places where they are going to be going to be in the team and I suppose you know Gray getting injured depending on how serious that is that creates an issue at right back but it is a definite problem in terms of recruitment is that I think if you're on the outside looking in you're not quite sure where in this team you're going to get into 
even for somebody like Pirro, actually, because I was writing the small level last night for today, saying a definite different structure to Leeds with Bamford up front. It's not massive. It's not a complete overhaul at all. It's predominantly as it was. But you just have like proper demarcation now between who's at 10, who's at 9. It doesn't feel like a shared role anymore. You can you can properly see who's who's leading the line. And I do think Bamford has made a difference at a time when when they kind of needed something. It feels, it feels a bit more basic, but in a, in a good way. Yeah. I mean that as, a, like, it, as, a, as, a, as an asset rather than a... Like yeah, a I'd, I'd, I would agree. It looks more like a structure you recognise, if that makes sense. Structure you're not sort of trying to trying to figure out. And there does seem to be a good amount of understanding of who's where and, and who's who's doing what. And Ruta, you have to say, seems really happy in that 10 role, doesn't he? He's just happy like, full stop. Yeah. That's a happy boy. Yeah, which is nice because I don't think the back end of last season or the second half of last season was at all fun for him. There wasn't an awful lot he could do about it. It wasn't getting played much. Um, but, you know, the story went that Allardyce came in and said, he is very, very good, but I just can't use him because he has no confidence. Yeah. You know, he just uh, his confidence has just been blown by by this period. He needs to start again and, and get going. And, and this has been a perfect season for him. And it's all Victor Otto who deserves the credit, as Victor said this week, hasn't he? That um, People are complaining about why you why you're rolling your eyes at me, Phil. I just... Uh, <laughs> It it just seems like starting up that argument again for, for, like, for no reason. And I mean, he's been round he's been round the houses with it so many times. I have, and so have other people. You win some, you lose some. There are some players that ought to sign who've been very good, no doubt about that. Some of all developing into one. I don't count Ruta because Ruta was signed as a thirty million pound player in the Premier League. So the, the judgment on Ruta is going to depend on what happens if Leeds go up and how good he is. And if he's very good in the Premier League, then you'll say, yeah, good deal. But that don't forget that is a record signing at Leeds. But there are, you know, there are others um, who have been successful, have done well. There are plenty of players who plenty of signings that were not um, successful, not done well. I always think... As, Come on, let's dig out Victor Otto. Come on, let's let's always, rip, rip off the band-aid. Come I, on. I always think as a, as a director of football, head of recruitment, whatever it is, that as soon as you start shouting about the odds about the ones that went well, people are just going to dig up the ones that didn't. Um, a vow of silence is the only way to go for him. Yeah. Just don't say anything ever again. That would be, I think, a vow of silence, silence for directors of football recruitment people generally is probably a pretty good move. Greta Steinson looks like the sort of man who only speaks in one word sentences anyway. He's got a hell of a handshake him, you know. Right. Have don't, you met him? Yeah. Don't get caught out by thinking you're just going to get a gentle, you know. <laughs> Describe it. Did he crush your knuckles? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's proper Game of Thrones. Hello. You yeah, know? a good firm fist. But I think you would say that the recruitment's been good this season, no? And yeah. that doesn't have to involve Orta in that discussion. But do you know I think, what? It's, it's been sensible. Yeah. Which is something yeah. I think we were crying out for more than anything at, at times there. And it's something, it's something Kinnear actually acknowledged when he came in here. And he was saying like maybe they, they missed out the obvious kind of six and seven out of ten players when they were going for these moonshot players. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But bear in mind that if they do go up, they're going to... You know, this applies to um, Farker and... Stop, and don't talk about the future. If I, I don't, I, we no, can dig out Victor Orta uh, and, and... Yeah, absolutely. But once you, get, once him, you get promoted, then let's you enjoy have the ride. to show that you can be sensible in the Premier League as opposed to being sensible in the Championship where you have a much bigger budget than most clubs. Let's cross that bridge else. when we come to it, Phil. Absolutely. Europe as absolutely. well next year to contend with because of the oh, FA Cup. Oh, the FA Cup. Cup, the FA Cup yeah. Oh, we'll need a bigger squad for that. Exactly. Won't we? Yeah, we can see how disruptive that can be. Yeah. Speaking of the Cup game then, should we talk about Plymouth? briefly and um, yeah. are you hoping expect? for a replay in this one Phil absolutely absolutely I'd take it I'd snap your hand off now if you offer me that yeah when would the replay be if there was one you'd presume it would it fall into the middle of the week leading into the Rotherham game 
um, where are we? So Let we are on the, it'll be Friday. So this weekend is Saturday oh, the 27th. Sorry, I'm, looking, I'm looking at Plymouth uh, fixture list. Saturday the 27th. So it'd be the week, a week. It's normally a week on Tuesday or Wednesday, isn't it? So the 6th or 7th it'd be, would it? I had a look last night and it slipped my mind. Um, and I was very much hoping that it wasn't going to fall um, into the week between, uh, where are we? Between Bristol City and Rotherham. But it and would, I suspect it? it would. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what it was, which will mean Bristol City away, Plymouth away, Rotherham at home, Swansea away, Plymouth away. Wow. Mm. So, uh, but, so let's I, just win it. Let's just win. How was you your know, marriage, Phil? About <laughs> <laughs> to get considerably worse, or potentially better, given that I'll never be there. Um, you, know, you know when um, petrol stations used to give you vouchers back in the day? I wrote this earlier. Um when you bought petrol, you got like those shell vouchers, SO vouchers. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this would get you a free duvet, wouldn't it? Right. This the amount mileage. of driving, yeah, you would get a free duvet or like free. It's like, it's like the air miles, but for the road. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know that eighties eighties thing. Yeah, that's that just reminded me of you know when you go to the to the petrol station and above the pumps they have those uh, the quality products, stuff like a headlamp. Do you want a, like a very mm. bright headlamp? You got one of those? Any, have you ever bought anything from a petrol station? Yeah. I, I must have bought some of that stuff sometimes, but I know what you mean. I think my, da- my dad's a sucker for like JML style stuff, you know, like the TV adverts. That you I see. think Michael buy quite a lot of that. You know, stuff that you know you don't really need, but could potentially be useful. I'm not buying any garage though. I'm a war or something. I'm like a DHK AliExpress man, where you get the, <laughs> the, the um, this proper slave labor stuff shipped in <laughs> for 80p. <laughs> So you like things like that, isn't it? Things made in sweatshops. Perfect. For yeah, you, yeah, exactly what you're after. So, so this is the the grand SO tour. This one, yeah. But um, it's strange because I think he, I think he will make changes for this game. I think he probably has to, and yeah. he, he wants some players to get minutes. But I think he'd be more and more mindful, particularly with this run coming up, of just looking after. Um, quick, quick curveball. Is Adam Forshaw cup tied? Do we know? Um, will he be running their midfield? I don't believe he played for Norwich um, because he was just about to head out. But do you know what? I haven't looked. You said that like you were from Norwich as well, then, which is quite good. Norwich. <laughs> very, very Norwich. good. Very good. Yeah, um, um, I mean, he hardly played there um, and has gone on a free, um, so I suspect he'll be available. Right. But um, Darko JB is down there. Will well, not be. Won't be because he's on no, loan. No, he's, he's on loan. It'll be, nice to, it'll be nice to see Forshaw again and be able to give him a round of applause, hopefully, as we resoundingly beat them. But a good but, guy, Forshaw, and he's yeah. a good player. We just never got to see enough of it. What other changes have we got then for this? Piro up front, you reckon? Or does Bamford stay in? Because he's on this hot streak, you don't want to kind of take the wind out of his sails. I do think you? I think he rests Bamford you think this so? weekend. Yeah, I think so. Piro would be an obvious one, definitely. I think you play Anthony James will come out of the team. Um, Somerville, Somerville out. He's tended to rest Somerville in the cup ties, he, hasn't he? It, we'll see where Nonto is injury wise um, tomorrow. But again, if he's fit, then kind of open open goal that one. The one you'd like to see get a bit of a push is um, Joseph. I think up front. See a little bit more of Oh, him. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Or does he um, maybe play him out wide if um, if Somerville's not available? Because he he has tended to come on and play sort of out wide. He can and... be quite quite versatile, but they think a lot of him. A lot of people think a lot of him. Actually, think he's a he's a good good player. But obviously, yeah, there's the scope to to mix it up a little bit. I think he's going to have to push some of his midfielders, isn't he? Um, because he he hasn't with Gray missing, he hasn't got vast amount of choice there. Um, but Cooper, you would think if he's hundred percent ready to go, he he will play. Yeah, there'll be a be a bit of a mix-up. Adam Forshaw did play in the cup. Oh, did he? Right. Anyway, okay. In the in their first, uh, they drew one all with Bristol, and he played in that first game, and then he didn't play in the replay. Good right. knowledge. So, so cup, there will be no Forshaw. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's interesting because yeah, him and him and JB have been their midfield. So with both of them out, you'd be interested to see what they do in that yes. regard. 
when you said had been like I think one game. Once. Um, yeah, but, no. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm taking that as 100 percent evidence <laughs> well, yeah, on the well, yeah, absolutely, 100 yeah. percent recent yeah. evidence, Phil. Uh, I don't know about you, but yeah, it'd be nice to see Leeds United um, head into the fifth round of the cup. For is that the second year on the bounce? If we do it, wow, exciting! It doesn't. It still won't feel like a cup run, though, will it? Until I think until you have a big or sort of unexpected or an unexpected win or difficult win, you know, go somewhere, turn it on, and then you think, right, here we go. I can't help but still view it as a bit of a distraction. That's not to say that I don't want to progress. I don't, I don't want, I don't, don't want to progress. I do want us to progress is what I'm saying. But until you get that big tie that you win or something exciting happens, get out of the way. Yeah. Because I think the significance of the league games is, is growing now. It starts to feel a little bit more like a, a, a nuisance when it falls into a week like this where you've already played twice Sunday, Wednesday and when on Wednesday you've lost a couple of players, James and, and Gray to, to injury. They just need to be need to be sensible. But I think I think Farker will be right. Well, he was saying this about the playoffs, you know, if it is the playoffs at the end of the season, he doesn't particularly want to do that thing if Leeds are already in it where kind of plays weakened teams towards the end of the season because you start to lose your rhythm and your, your mojo goes a little bit. And you'll probably be thinking that with the, the FA Cup. You don't want to get toughed out easily or in a way that does you no favours but again it's you know I, I really hope they go through because they've never had a decent FA Cup run God, that's, that's just provoked a really bad stressful idea that we play Southampton on the final day and maybe we're, we're in with an outside chance of getting something or whatever there's, there's a little bit of something at stake Somerville loses his head gets sent off for violent conduct misses all three playoff games that you know I'm Mr. Mr. Cross this bridge when we come to it's yeah. spending too much time with Normanton. <laughs> I I not thought of that one. Thanks yeah. very much for that. Because we've we've been really well disciplined this season, haven't we? With the exception of just like Melier losing his head at Preston. I think he's going to go full Max Gradle final day of the season. Yeah, just completely loses his shit. Punches the ref or something. <laughs> if it was well, the, hope, if, eh? if it's David Webb, I was going to if it's David Webb. Fair enough. Yeah, you you probably, take... probably wouldn't even send him off for it either, <laughs> given <laughs> his um, his acceptance of violence that he showed the other week. <laughs> take one for the team and all that. Yeah, so fingers crossed then for a Legion United victory. Did you um, see the referee head the ball they? yesterday, by the way? No, I didn't know. There was one point when the ball was in midfield. I know it bounced off him. Oh, I see, yeah. sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, referee, the referee headed it. I've never seen that before. And it looked, yeah. he looked deliberate as well. He sort of, he braced himself for it and kind of nodded it back, it looked like to me. Right. Worth watching again. Yeah. No, I thought you were meaning deliberate header. I didn't, I didn't think that kind of <laughs> fell, into, it fell in. into the category. Runs yeah. off celebrating. <laughs> um, yeah, let's hope for a Legion United win anyway and we'll, uh, we'll debrief it all after the weekend, shall we? And, Absolutely. Uh, and look forward to when? When's the next round? I'm, I'm, or am I getting ahead of myself there? When's the draw? I've not even looked. Monday, Monday, Monday night or something. Yeah, they spread the FA Cup games. They're probably one tonight, and they spread it out over like five days now. What, what do you want if you go through? Do you want um, lower league to continue, or do you want a bit of a barnstorming trip to Anfield? Uh, home tie as easy as you could possibly wish. I think. Yeah, that's my choice too. Get through, yeah. rest some players, give people like Joseph a bit of a run. Yeah, yeah. Keep the keep the squad. Yeah, yeah. Keep the squad utilized so it keeps them happy. And again, uh, and again, that's not massively distracting as well because we've seen in the past. Occasionally, if you get a big cup game looming, and then you you know the week before you've just got to go to Swansea or whatever, people can be yeah. a bit like, ah, Swansea's a bit boring. Happened to Middlesbrough a little bit, didn't it? Mm, recently? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. The, the problem is that as time goes on, anytime you get an away trip like City or Liverpool, it's just no chance, is it? You just know that the, the odds are so slim. Um, Stuart, Dall- Stuart Dallas comeback game that's it oh. that's it um, so yeah I'm, I'm with you really something low-key at home would be perfect oh. well, to answer your question by the way it's, uh, it's Bournemouth Swansea on Thursday night which will be last night as you uh, as you hear this but the uh, the Friday night game let's have a look 
is oh we've got you've got four to pick from on Friday night Bristol City against Forest Chelsea against Villa you've got Sheffield Wednesday against Coventry and Spurs against Man City that'll be interesting won't it Wednesday Coventry will be a thriller yeah yeah big yeah. time yeah. should we go to it yeah why not? <laughs> All right. back on Monday we'll see you then the Square Ball Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.